0: Was great <laughs> hello. hello
1: welcome Woo. hey guys mm-hmm. welcome to we bought a mic it's a big one i'm really
2: excited for this guys i'm yeah. i'm really excited for this one this is a corker
1: we're you could say that our houses are lit Mm-hmm.
2: this house is fucking lit i'll tell you that let off that fucking kerosene
1: Oof. Oof. you got any more of that um, you you want to pass that? Pass that, dude. I can ch- so I can chug
0: it?
2: Yes, yeah, so we can do some uh, s- salty sea tunes.
0: Yeah, we should let the listeners know we are out of Claw. We are out of Seagram's. We got some honey and some kerosene, though, so
2: yeah, don't worry. The party will Ernie, go on. Ernie went out back and dug up some fucking gasoline, <laughs> and we're just pounding it. Uh, this is a big one. You know, because we are folks, t- of course, talking about The Lighthouse this week. On We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast
1: where we, we talk film, TV. <laughs>
2: Music, yeah, cinema, and I'm Film. and I'm Ernest, I'm Hunter, and I'm Drew, and starting More here, one. <laughs> here's here's a deep little bit of analysis I just unearthed from the recesses of my mind. You know what sound effect they used in SpongeBob when something stinky was happening? A foghorn.
1: Oh, my you God.
2: You remember? Whenever, yeah, whenever like Patrick had stank breath, it'd be like... <laughs>
0: so do you think that that's why SpongeBob is filmed in a square aspect ratio? Like, SpongeBob really inspired The Lighthouse? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And in every interview, Robert Eggers is like, yeah, it'd be nothing without... Uh, without Steven Hillenburg? Yeah.
1: <laughs> May he rest in peace. The Lighthouse. 2019, directed by Robert Eggers. Before we get into The Lighthouse, I do want to talk about The Witch didn't um, didn't uh love. was not able to watch it just super briefly very very different movies yep but the witch is a movie that feels like a masterpiece and i i revisited i don't think i i immediately had that take when i first watched it when it came out but upon revisiting it it's like you can't really fault anything about it i mean i i'm sure there's like things you can nitpick and same with the lighthouse you know same sort of approach where it's like it's such a unique creative filmmaking piece of of work of art that it's like you can't how do you even critique that like it 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 just informs how i feel about the lighthouse too it's like you can't It's so good – or not even that it's good. It's just so artistic Mm. that it almost makes the whole thing of talking and discussing and critiquing it completely futile. Because, like, holy shit. This is a guy that's making something unlike anything I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think that that definitely – it's especially true for The Lighthouse. Yeah. But uh, I do want to say quickly on The Witch – Um, I absolutely love that movie. Uh, First time I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is one of the best horror movies of the decade. I still stand by that. That it is terrifying. It's terrifying. It's how to do horror right. There's no jump scares really in the movie. I guess you could say one or two, but they aren't like Blumhouse horror jump scares. It's all about tone and the sense of dread. And it's funny now, um, I can use this as a quick little transition. Robert Eggers has kind of been doing doing the whole rounds trying to promote this movie and a lot of people are asking about the um about the witch and really comparing the seagulls versus the goat that's in that movie yeah. and uh it's funny cuz he's more down on the witch cuz he says that he watches it and it feels like a film student movie Ooh. because it's 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 a dig at himself i guess um but it is a movie that does take itself very seriously and i think for good reason i think that it all works very effectively but I will say about The Lighthouse, one, this movie is incredible piece of masterful art, but you can laugh at it. And there are plenty of moments that are genuinely, yeah. like, laugh out loud funny and, in the theater. And uh, meant and to be funny. I th- and I think that that's something that people are like, oh yeah, I saw The Witch, like, super serious. Let's go to this. And, like, somebody farts, and they, like, have to hold back a chuckle because they're like, this is a serious fart. And it's like, no, it can just be a fart. Like, it's farts are funny. Like, just... They can just <laughs> talking Parts like a funny. talking like a drunk seaman is inherently kind of yeah. funny.
2: So uh, this is going to take a while, but we should run down everyone who's in this movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This cast is stacked.
2: So uh, our lead woman is Valeria Karaman playing uh, spoiler alert. It's not a spoiler. Uh, it's on that poster. Willem Dafoe as Thomas Wake and Robbie Pats, Bob Pat, Bob Patty, man. Himself. Daddy daddy. Ephraim Winslow. We're in the uh, 19th century. We are dealing with a lighthouse that is uh, off the coast in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, very remote. Yeah, it uh-
1: seems like just the... Uh, an island in the middle of fucking in in the middle of the ocean
2: yes they're uh to make this movie it they had to find an island that was accessible but looked really remote and mm-hmm. then build a 70 foot tall lighthouse that was functional um which is really uh you know sometimes you just know if you are cut out or or not cut out to be a director <laughs> and i would compromise instantly on some <laughs> yeah. shit like that I wouldn't be like oh let's just build one I'd be like alright we'll just use this horrible location because I'm not going to build a whole fucking lighthouse so that that's is, insane
0: that's one thing that I've learned from uh listening to a bunch of interviews and reading some stuff and listening to podcasts and stuff with Robert Eggers is that this guy is neurotic as fuck like he is like this has to be as period specific as possible we want to use this foghorn so we have to say at this time did all this research and had to learn to talk, like how these two main characters talk in the film, by just reading back. And instead of just writing a normal script and translating it, they had to learn to speak this way so that they could actually do the writing in this language. Mm. That's something that only like a handful of directors would actually go right. through that much time and effort well, to make a, sure that everything is that perfect. He's and that a meticulous. research nut, yeah. yeah. So
1: it's it's not just about the filmmaking part of it; it's about everything before that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean,
2: The Witch is similar in that regard,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's about Puritanical Christians. Mm-hmm. It, with The Witch, he based it entirely on writings from the Salem witch hunt scare thing that was going on yeah um and like like literal like i think there is a thing in the movie that says that the dialogue from this film was taken from writings of the time period yeah. uh, verbatim um especially the 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 bit with the the goat being the the devil i think yeah. that one was the, the main thing uh but with the lighthouse that this was an idea that was kind of based on something that his brother had thought of that was more kind of supernatural ghostly yeah. and then he decided to take a crack at it and, and really change it and it's actually fascinating that uh after the witch came out willem defoe was the one who approached eggers yeah that he was like i need to be in yeah a movie he called him you. up he
2: said i'm indie now have you seen florida project <laughs> that's indie
1: yeah um so i there are so many ways to talk about this movie i don't
0: know what is spoilery okay. and whats well, isn't. Let's just go for general overlying yeah. thoughts well, of and things also, because I I mean, I know we are all like this where we all kind of avoided all most of the marketing that we could for this movie. Um, the
1: thing is, is that, like, not a lot really happens. But in yeah, this it's movie. hard to
0: spoil it specifically. Yeah, it's a very simple plot.
2: I also, I don't like hearing that. And then, like, a, a, just a great moment will be spoiled. Yeah. And be like, well, or an image. That moment is a
1: little bit ruined. Right. <laughs> like, you know. I mean, it's safe to say that it's a movie about two men in this very closed off remote location. And shit gets weird. So you're not, you know, you know for a fact that you're not going to be watching something uneventful. Yeah, things happen. And uh, before we get too into the movie, a lot of what
2: we're basing this off of is one podcast that I won't have any qualms with plugging because I feel like it's like weirdly under listened to. Again, we don't have metrics, but uh, the DGA pod. Mm. Literally, it's Love the in pod. front of you know, they do a screening for the Directors Guild, then they do a talk back with the Directors Guild. And this one, it's always with a director interviewing the director. So yeah. this one is Ryan fucking Johnson interviewing Robert fucking Eggers, and they
1: nerd out.
2: Yeah, and they, yeah, they both are equally uh insane people it's also
0: it's it's an amazing podcast too because they like go in depth on like the actual film stock that they used for this movie and like how like eggers talks about how he used a lens that was that was created in 1920 to actually shoot this movie and all of the trials and tribulations because this movie from the get-go because like we've said eggers is neurotic and he tried to take it to all these different studios, and they were like, all right, but can you uh, make it wide? And he's like, no. And they're like, can you put it in color? And he's like, no. Can you shoot it on a sound soundstage? <laughs> and they're like, no. And he's like, all right, A24, let's go. They'll yeah. fund anything. I, you know, one
1: thing that's undeniable is when you finish watching this movie, it feels like you've witnessed a miracle. The way film is now – yeah. And how movies are financed and in the age of intellectual property and brand awareness and Disney uh, owning everything. The fact that this movie exists and is being released in theaters and has like two kind of stars in it, it feels like an impossible achievement. It's regardless of, of the quality Mm. Of it, which by the way, it's fantastic. I think just the fact that 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 they managed to produce and release this thing is an achievement into itself.
0: Yeah, I think you're. I mean, even if you this movie really turns you off, I still think it that will. this is. It will turn a lot of people. It's going to turn a lot of people away. It's kind of confused. I'm a little bit perplexed. I guess it's because they had to spend all this money in building a lighthouse for it. But the A twenty four is advertising the hell out of this movie. I mean, A24, like, they
1: know their
0: audience. Yeah. But I feel like just general audience goers, like, just will not like this movie. Like I said, I've seen this movie twice now. And both times, there's always people in my theater that seem, like, kind of hesitant to laugh at certain yeah. things. They don't know, like, exactly what kind of a roller coaster ride they're on. But I think that's the whole point, is that he's just trying to take yes. you along the ride with him. It's you challenging. You know, this is very very light on plot and all about tonality and trying to figure out this puzzle that's happening together. And guess what? If you walk out and you have all these different theories and ideas and everything else, that's exactly what you should have because this movie is, a lot, that's there, my favorite thing about this yeah. movie is that there, I came out of this movie having a completely different interpretation than a, everybody, than a lot of other people that I've seen yeah. online.
2: Um, and to your point earlier, um, one th- one of the first things I said to Ernest was like, I think I found my girlfriend's least favorite movie <laughs> of all yeah.
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> Gaia like, asked me if she, cause she loves Robert Pattinson and everything else. She was like, Oh yeah. Like wh- well, you want yeah. to see this again? I was like, you would hate this well, movie. I don't know. I-,
2: I don't know if it's just me, but for about two weeks, all of my targeted ads on Instagram were for this movie and they were like, very not telling you, it. They were telling you too little because it was like just Robert's face. Yeah, well, it was like yeah, it was like uh, a, a movie sequel. where Robert Pattinson gets it on. <laughs> like it, it was like you're you're setting people up for something here to
0: see like Willem Dafoe's face just being like you like me lobster, and you're like I don't know what this is, I don't know what's happening. But um, the
1: movie, the movie isn't super straightforward either. No, I oh, mean no. It, it's a clear cut plot. Of these two guys in a lighthouse going crazy, but there's so many other things happening, so many l- l- visual and thematic and sonic layers mm-hmm. that you're kind of—it's a little bit overwhelming, and and that there is such like a, a thick, musty, farty, wet mm. texture. To this, this is movie. a moist movie. Yeah, every um, fluid imaginable
0: I think, is in this movie. I
2: think that. Willem Dafoe's character has taken the throne from Shrek as uh, smelliest movie character ever (laughs) of all time like I can't imagine a smellier man
0: I should say I did see this in 40x theaters Um, (laughs) amazing sense in that movie like wow they um, created smellovision for yeah. the light. So
2: this if it's not my favorite movie of the year, it is my second favorite movie of the year and it might be my favorite movie of the year. I I like I couldn't even talk after the movie. Yeah. Like I was my mouth was on the fucking floor. Like I was I was in awe. This is one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen. The sound design and sound editing might be the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Agreed. It's some of the best sound I've ever heard in a movie, uh, it, like, bar none. And if they're in a just world, it would get some recognition for that. I don't know if it's going to, because I don't know the politics at play, but good God fucking damn. Mm. The foghorn, which ties the entire movie together, the like the main uh, sonic motif of the whole film, it shakes you in your stomach like it's, it shakes you to your fucking core and that happens like every 10 seconds it and
0: really it, has yeah. like a hypnotizing effect to yeah. it like you kind of forget that it's there but it's this pulse that's like perpetually moving yeah the whole but movie. it's not repetitive no it's not redundant no it, it
1: keeps and you could say this for the whole movie and i i think this is something that eggers brought up uh in that dga pod about how they had to come up with different ways to communicate the same sonic ideas not mm. just a foghorn but the the clanking of the machinery and yeah. the waves crashing exactly the same type of sounds but in a way that that kept luring you deeper into the madness yeah and, and kept you engaged and one way
2: that they accomplished the luring you and keeping you engaged especially is uh, a ton of smash cuts a ton the of cuts editing, where you're yeah. hearing these amazing textured noises so loud, and then it cuts to silence, or the opposite. You're hearing nothing, and then it cuts to these insanely well-developed noises.
0: And a lot of times, the the editing is is the comedic uh,
1: timing. Oh yeah, mm. pulling through. Yeah, there's yeah, Every
0: th- time that they're like getting drunk together or something like that, it plays. The editing is just perfect. Yeah, there's one sequence in particular towards the end
1: <laughs> that is just perfection, absolute perfection. You're bouncing back between like. Hilarity and and tenderness and like just thrilling, uh, frightening shit. So, I I want to get into specifics, but but before we do, I I wanna I want to go back to my point about like how uh, kind of pointless it seems to critique this movie because it's so rare that we get something so unique and creative like this. On such a scale, you know, it, I can't think of the last time I saw a movie anywhere near as yeah. weird and bizarre as this. Well, so it, there are there are gripes that I could bring up. There are nits that I could pick with this movie, but it, it just seems it's like the it's like so what? Yeah, you know, no, like what it doesn't matter. The movie isn't gonna it doesn't it's not going to be brought down because. I thought that it dragged a little bit in the middle like that doesn't ruin the movie because it's not it's not something that's trying to be snappy and quick Mm. and entertaining like that. If it drags in the middle, it's because Eggers intended it for it to be a little bit tedious because Mm. that's the story that he's trying to tell. If I felt it kind of drag on a little bit laboriously, I think it's just the, the tone and the vibe that he was trying to set. So I do I do think that the movie it could have been a little bit more energetic and propulsive but then it would have just been a different kind of movie that Eggers wasn't trying to to put together. It just everything about this movie feels so intentional
0: and and specific it's just artful is what it is. Yeah, I mean I I agree with everything that you said. I also agree with drew i think that this is very easily one of my favorite movies of the year um again i understand this movie is going to turn a lot of people off a lot of people might be just very mixed up because of the reasons that you said that it might drag a little bit in the middle but i just think that i was just so blown away by this this was just even with a movie like the witch we've still seen a very highbrow tonal like Totally driven horror movies before, and The Lighthouse is a movie I don't even, I don't think I've ever seen a movie anything like that. Like I've seen some classic movies. I do want to get into a couple of them wherever we do get into spoilers because there's one main comparison with a classic film um, that really uh, hammers home one of the main theories that I have about the movie. But it's just so unique. And everything is so methodical in the way this is shot, in the scoring of it, in the acting. My God, I could not think of two better actors to carry this movie. Their face shapes are perfect. They both just have these sunken eyes to them and these very strong cheekbones and it's it also just adds, again, to the the film that they use whenever they shot this, but it just looks like they just have this layer of just blackness on their face and at the, all times. the square aspect ratio mm-hmm. uh, adds to
1: that, It too, really does, Because yeah. these close-ups that we get of their faces, it's just their faces. There's I, nothing
0: else happening. And that is... I did want to bring that up because another movie that I saw this year that did use a square aspect ratio was The Nightingale. And that was a movie where... I didn't really think that it demanded a square aspect ratio. I see certain things that uh, the director of that movie, what she was going for, but I just think that this was a much better, much more well executed version of that. Yeah, I
2: mean, it all, every element of the movie uh, feeds into every other element of the movie. Like, everything is on the same page. And. It's rare, even for an auteur, to do something on this level, where it just seems like every crew member was on, was in harmony. Like the visuals alone, we could do a podcast about. It's it's unbelievable. The I almost thought of it initially as gimmicky when I just heard about the square aspect ratio, but then after watching it, you're like, I don't want to see that wide. Like, this is all I wanted to see. Well,
0: also, another reason why it adds to it is because this isn't a wide movie it if anything it goes it goes vertical it like makes it this way the aspect ratio it almost adds this lighthouse aesthetic of it all where you're just this square is all that you need to see just straight up the lighthouse yeah and
2: it's claustrophobic and it hides Mm -hmm. more from your eyes and this is a scary movie we're talking about Yeah,
0: these guys are trapped together
2: so that's that's all a purpose it's all very purposeful uh the fact that they speak in old-timey language much like from what i've heard same as the witch
1: yes the the thing i'll say about that uh i guess this could also technically be a a gripe um with the film is i didn't understand like 30 (laughs) percent of what these people were saying and when i watched the witch which is on netflix right now i put subtitles on Mm -hmm. and that's why i was a lot more engrossed by it because i caught every little bit with the subtitles so This movie, even though the dialogue lost me uh, a lot, it never lost me uh, in the performances. Yeah,
2: I wasn't. It was like when it was almost like listening to *Tame Impala* for me, where I'm like, I don't know most of what he's saying, but the vibe is there, and you
1: can see it in their face. Yeah, they communicate everything that you need to know Mm -hmm. in the performance. Absolutely. So that even though you can't catch, uh, you know, a fifth or a or a. seventh or whatever, depending on how tuned in you are to uh harky hark arg
0: speak. Are we gonna translate this podcast into uh into 1890 Semen Talk? If there was a podcast here.
2: Talking Semen. A raw, (laughs) juicy podcast, I would fuck it. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh visually, another thing gotta mention, uh because it's in black and white and because it's done with such purpose and like you said, the specific type of black and white they choose they chose to shoot it in uh suited the way faces look and the way the sky looks in this movie, which is just absolutely bleak. Yeah. Um every it's almost like when you take away someone's senses and they all the others get stronger, where every shot is more textured than a colored shot mm-hmm. almost. Like it's crazy how they managed to get so much depth of color out of uh, one
0: color. I can't <laughs> I've remember, never seen anything I like that. exactly the type of film that they used on this, but it's amazing the contrast that they yeah, get. Yeah, like, and I truly have never seen so that much. That like, see.
2: even in a movie like Roma, there's less... Uh, there's less... Like
0: variation. It's
2: less tactile than this movie. This mm-hmm. movie, you can truly feel everything that you're looking at. You can
0: at. S- like, see the grime on their yeah. face.
2: Even when it's uh, obviously not well lit by nature of where they are <laughs> and when they are. And
0: every every
1: location within this location feels different. Mm-hmm. Like when, when Pattinson is out with that wheelbarrow in the storm, it feels completely different than when he's in the machine coal... Room shoveling the coal into the the furnace, mm. and that feels different than when he's on the rocks pulling the the lobster thing out of the out of the the water. Yeah.
2: The yeah, exactly. The sense of place is so intertwined with the mood that you're feeling at every single given moment. And the
1: sound comes into that too. The sound
2: is nuts. Like the sound is absolutely. F- it's amazing. I could talk about that for a year of my life. Like yeah. I've never heard a movie so clearly
1: ever. Well, this is the kind of movie that is definitely going to be analyzed and studied in in film classes
0: forever i mean especially when you think about like technical aspects like a sound design like a cinematography things like that that i mean this is a movie you would watch just like a movie by Bergman if you were in one of these classes and now they can throw on a movie from 2019 to analyze all the technical yeah perfections it's, it's of it.
2: another great thing they did with the sound is like like you were saying the foghorn kind of serves as like it, it you don't always notice it but you do when you need to and another thing they did is it introduces this uh like Pavlovian expectation of hearing that sound. And there were certain times where instead of the foghorn, uh, they would use like a fucking swarm of bassoons or something yeah. to sound just like a foghorn, but not be it. Yeah. And then soundtrack would start coming in. Like it's, it's all masterful shit. Like this is all shit that I couldn't even process in the moment. Cause I was like deeply in the moment. Well,
1: this is why we saw this a week ago and I wasn't ready to like really figure out how I felt about it because I was so overwhelmed by it there were certain aspects that I just feel like completely went over my head and a lot of these technical aspects uh, kind of are are a part of that where the movie is just so uh, unique in every way that I couldn't possibly catch every little thing that Eggers was trying to do
2: yeah and there are more than a handful of shots that I would say all, like, I would say maybe there are 15 shots that are in my top, like, 30 for the year.
1: Yeah. Like, these are. (laughs) One in particular that we talked about. Yeah. I was like, that is the
2: shot of the year. Yeah. Maybe of, like, the uh, medium (laughs) of film. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's incredible shit. And that's where I I don't have critiques for this film because this guy made exactly what was in his head. And to have. A vision like this is is one in a million like people just don't people don't just think of things the way he thinks of them like like you we were talking about earlier uh on the dga podcast he's he said that like one of the first things he thought when because he he heard his brother was writing this story about you know a lighthouse and apparently it, you know at that point it had like a ghost involved and stuff like that and he was like let me let me take a shot at this thing and he immediately envisioned uh square fucking resolu or yeah screen resolution black and white and uh farts and
1: like the foghorn
2: that yeah that is the first things yeah. that he thought
1: <laughs> it fart fart in the first five minutes so
2: this isn't yeah this is not a normal brain yeah uh, this is like this is a deeply i mean this is like the work of a, fu- a genius of wait film.
1: do you want to, do you I, want to shout out what you were telling me last night about how this dude like dresses himself Uh, yeah. because apparently this fits into like the whole aesthetic yeah
2: because there was a while back in our film chat we were talking about who's the hottest director (laughs) and uh a picture of him ended up in the feed and i was kind of roasting him because he he looked like just like any like
1: just a normal dude no
2: he just looked like any like Art curator in L.A. Basically, like he wears like almost all Rick Owens. At least in a bunch of photos I've seen of him, which is a brutalist, uh, monochromatic black and white uh, streetwear brand that is just prestige. Like it's it's a a, you know a cotton top, but it's cut just so that it costs you six hundred dollars, and it makes a little too much sense after watching this. (laughs) Yeah, like it's it's too. I was like, oh, and I I almost. I don't. It's not like that. I hate Rick Owens shit, but I was like, I completely understand why he wears that. Like, the this man has this man is a, his own person. Oh the, yeah, and, and this movie is its own movie. It's yep. like you said, there aren't a ton of reference points uh, unless you go way way back, <laughs> because this man is drawing from shit that most of us well, have not seen.
1: So one of the other things we're gonna get into spoilers is the whole Greek mythology angle too. I mean there's so many ways to read this movie so
0: i i actually i want to use this as a transition into spoilers to talk about the different theories of this movie all right so this is this is your chance
1: to uh to go see it please see see this movie yeah if you're listening to this podcast
0: then you're at least a film of movies in general like we
1: said earlier this is not a movie that I would recommend to to mainstream regular audiences. Yeah. It's not it's not the type of thing that you go out. This isn't see your Ant Man and the
0: Wasp, okay? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> but if if you're into, I'm film, be the Martin Scorsese
0: of the podcast. Now. If you appreciate
1: seeing things that are weird and bizarre and challenging and unlike anything else, and and that upend what you expect from film, this is that kind of movie. Yep. It's not the kind of movie that you can easily digest and that you can easily make an opinion of. It demands that you make an effort to think about it and to really dig deep and, 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 and consider what you can make of it. Uh, so go see The Lighthouse. Spoilers now. Last chance. Turn back now. Don't land on this rock.
2: Now let's get okay. into that mermaid pussy. All right. so, uh,
0: <laughs> so before we get into that, because I did want to talk about all the theories and I think I, I, I'll talk, we can get into the Greek m- mythology side of this uh, in a second. But first I wanted to talk about my main, coming out of it the first time and even the, sec- the second viewing, I think there are three main ways that you can view this story. Yeah, Just like um, Mother, our, our other favorite where, movie. Yeah. Kill me. Um, where, so the first main idea, is to read it more, the most on its surface view, where Robert Pattinson is the one who's just losing his mind throughout this whole thing. He is actually the person who's going insane. He's everything that's happening. Willem Dafoe is just this like elderly lighthouse keeper, and meanwhile Willem Dafoe is losing his mind, and he's actually getting manipulated by this light and being hypnotized into thinking it is this entity of its own. The other version. What kind of person would think such a thing? The other version is the flip side of that, where it's more—it's so just Willem Dafoe is the true crazy person here, who had no intention of ever letting him live. He actually did kill his last lighthouse owner, and every time that he says like, "Oh, what you were trying to leave," no, you chopped down my ship whenever you were trying to leave. He's just gaslighting this guy and like trying to drive him to insanity this whole time. Yeah. The third version which was uh, the take that I had whenever we came out of the movie that makes the most sense to me, despite reading a bunch of different theories online, is that these are the same person. Mm. Instead of four weeks, we're actually watching this whole thing has just been happening here for decades, where he w- came onto this island and he's just having this like constant mental breakdown. He might have killed uh, another person who was there before. Maybe there was never any person there. Of course, there is the big reveal that they are both named Tom, mm-hmm. Thomas, Tommy. Why'd you spill your beans, Tommy? <laughs> I. Why'd you spill your beans? There. and mean, and that is even added to. There's the shot of the year, which is whenever the lightning strikes, and it's naked Willem Dafoe with oh. Robert Pattinson standing on top of blonde Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And I wanted to freeze the frame right there and get the biggest wall that I have and Incredible. just fucking paint so, that on there like a goddamn mural. Uh, upon rewatch, in that shot in particular, I did not see
1: a second Pattinson. No. The the shot right before there that, is a there's, second. Two there's two Pattinsons. Yeah, Pattinson. but no, in that shot, there's not. When it yeah. comes to the wide, there's no second Pattinson.
0: Yeah, it's just, it is just him there. But yeah. he is the other person that you do because you see the blonde head earlier on in the movie. And it's later revealed that blonde head whenever it turns around it is Robert Pattinson's face. Is it face. though? Because it didn't look like If him. it's not it's very purposeful that they do that they cast somebody yeah. who looked very similar to him. I took it to, to be the man that Pattinson
2: killed and, and stole his identity. Yeah. Winslow. Um, because it was a different dude. So
1: this is something that we were talking about last night so, that, that the story that Pattinson tells is this moment of vulnerability and honesty that he has that also ends up paying for playing for a comedic effect because defoe is like gone and isn't even listening to this like really uh sincere moment but when we realize that pattinson is not named winslow it kind of starts to click that the man that he saw die and that he could have saved in in the logging accident is winslow and yeah. is supposedly He's haunting yeah exactly and is haunting him, and he's letting him live through his own experience.
0: And that's who this blonde guy is. So there is that, but also think about the similarities in what both of them think. Either know about each other or think about the other one. Robert Pattinson thinks that Willem Dafoe killed his other partner on the island, Robert Pattinson has admitted to killing his partner in a logging accident. They have all of these parallels No, there is... Killing or or letting die. Letting die. Either way. No, I mean, there's that read. When you let somebody die, it's still kind of murder in its own right.
2: You could take, since there is... Is like you know a latent like father son dynamic here. You could take it as the you know becoming your your elder, becoming your father dynamic. There's the alcoholism read of the movie, yeah. which is not a metaphor. This is, like this an, is it's about, an allegory. This for... is about two men who cannot cope with what they've done, so they b- literally become alcoholics in front of our they, eyes and they go drink, fully insane. They
1: drink anything. Yeah, a- a- any
0: liquid. Yeah, at, at some point it's like it's like, are you drinking like motor oil right now? I did another um, another thing that adds to the first idea, the first theory that I brought up that it is just Robert Pattinson, is when later on in the movie we have the moment where uh, Pattinson finds Willem Dafoe journal where he's been like documenting all the things. And if you think about, it, there's that shot earlier on in the movie where he's just doing the coal and everything else, and he picks up the bottle. And then he sets it down and he, like, turns around Willem Dafoe's just standing there. Where if this was a sane Willem Dafoe, you'd just be like, oh my god, this guy's just, like, drinking on the clock now while he's yeah. working. Yeah. Um,
2: it's- uh, well, th- I I actually really liked that in that because that's, like, a classic, like, The Shining-style moment. Yeah. The, uh, that's what I was thinking. Ripping like out the pages. There are a lot well, of no, similar
0: similarities the between acts. The Shining. More, it's just, it,
2: yeah. like, in that scene in particular, you're, like, there's gonna be some nutty shit in there. And it's really just, like, write-ups of Robert Pattinson's, <laughs> <laughs> like, which really cracked me up, because, again, that's just uh, uh, the millionth zag when we thought they were gonna zig. Um, but, yeah, it all plays into there being a uh, non-definitive take on this movie. Um, and then there's also what Eggers said, uh, in uh that DGA podcast, which is the base read of the movie, the the sell of it without getting into anything esoteric, which is uh he said nothing good happens when two men hang out in a giant phallus.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which
2: is I, I mean that's very apparent throughout the whole movie, this this you know masculinity thing of these these two dudes hanging out in a dick. That um, was that so was one of the nutty. main
1: the main reads I had from it um on first view is is how these two men are approaching their own uh, masculinity. You know, you have this one guy who is just trying to make a living. He just wants to make a little money and just do his own thing and stay away from the booze and just do his job. And you have this other guy who is like, has this, this control obsession almost that he is hoarding the light for himself and, and it's farting all over the place. And, uh, is it speaks in a very empowering uh, sort of way, and just the beard and everything is just very like strong, powerful man. Um, and that dynamic is swirling all over this movie. You know, you have these two men who are are in their own way sticking to their man their manliness, but when. It starts to 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 tear at the seams. The masculinity starts to fall apart, and there's a little bit of a of a uh, sensual sort of undertone that starts to bubble up, where you kind of feel like they're they want to fuck.
0: So yeah, okay. So that is there is right, a, there's so some sexuality. I'm happening. glad that you were getting into this because this is. I mean, I think that the major touchstone movie. If you see Lighthouse and you really love it seek out I think it's still on the Criterion channel if not just seek out trying to find it I know you can rent it on VOD and everything else like that but it's a movie called Persona by Ingmar Bergman very very similar uh, themes it's uh, an actress uh, has like a fainting spell and then she can't speak so she has this doctor and her go to this resort trip um, together and they have this very this a lot of intimacy to them And there are all these scenes. It's, again, only about four actors in the entire movie, very small cast, and you're constantly wondering who is actually, like, what am I seeing? What is real? Are these the same person? And similarly, it's very, very open to interpretation, and there is, if you read it as these are two real people and they aren't the same person, there is a genuine, like, Sexual attraction that happens there when they are this connected, this isolated from everyone. Um, it's like so many similar themes, and I did I specifically had this movie in mind because a few months back, um, Robert Eggers and Ari Aster did oh, a A24. they did an A twenty four podcast yep. where they went all in on Bergman and specifically with Persona, talking about different kind of things that inspire them great podcast highly highly recommended by two of the most promising filmmakers that we have yeah um,
1: somehow not two complete lunatics
0: yeah <laughs> maybe i don't know yeah. they would <laughs> be kind of crazy at, at the
2: very least they would be probably annoying to hang out
0: with because they would have to call all the shots yeah uh, <laughs> these are these are type a per, motherfuckers persona
1: is still on the criterion channel. is on the
0: cri- okay so if you have that get that if not get the criterion channel support film um but definitely I would highly recommend checking out this movie if you do like The Lighthouse because there are a lot of similar touchstones there. Yeah. Um, but, I i mean, there is... We haven't even talked about... There is the whole... Uh, theory that this is all just the epic of who's it Pontius and Prometheus um well there's several
1: there's several things happening yeah. there's like there's Poseidon Poseidon you know, yeah the, the king of there the is seas. the whole
0: curse scene the best scene of the movie <laughs> I, I'm gonna
1: <laughs> I'm gonna get to that let's put a pin in that in a, in a second the, there's also the the uh I- Icarus who flew too close to the sun mm-hmm. and, and got burned and, and fell to his death pretty much literally what happened at yeah, the Robert very Pattinson, end <laughs> Uh, so the, there, I, I could more more studious minds than than me could probably dig deeper into the the Greek mythology here because just the 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 fact that this movie comes off as as so abstract uh, and weird it, it it really it begs for different lenses of of interpretation. Mm. But I want to get to this Defoe scene because Willem Defoe. Mm is a god. He mm-hmm. is a tear. He god. just knocks this roll out of the park. And Pattinson is fantastic too. I think Pattinson, the, the first half of the movie he's very quiet and subdued, and then he gets to flex great two hander performance by him. Yeah, he, both he, sides he gets to flex, but I think he just used one when he was jacking off.
0: <sighs> oh. No, <Nah>, not Pattinson's <laughs> got big dick energy. Not as big dick
1: <laughs> energy as well Defoe, but the 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 musty sex of this movie the, the 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 jerkin and the and the jizzin that g- happens the jizzum smell of jizzum
0: <laughs> <laughs> smell of let stinky jizzum
1: let me read an, an excerpt right here from this film <laughs> you're fond of me lobster ain't ya <laughs> I seen it you're fond of me lobster say it say it say it I don't have nothing I don't have to say nothing damn ye let Neptune strike you dead, Winslow! Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! Bellow! Bid our
0: father, the sea king, rise from the depths. He's gonna the do the whole thing. Full. It's very long. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a long. It's a long mon. I was gonna see how long you were gonna keep up the accent for. <laughs> All right, have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> if I had a steak right now, I'd fuck it. <laughs> But that, it's a
1: paragraph that Defoe does there. And I don't think the camera cuts. Nuts. No, it doesn't. And it's, no. a, it's a hard close up. Yeah. It's a hard close up. And the way it's lit, it's like at first the shadows are like going down his face and then they start going up his mm-hmm. face. It's like at first you can't even see his eyes because of the yeah. way it's
0: lit. And then suddenly, it, as you it see goes up. His on, eyes look like they're on fire. Like he looks like he is possessed by something yeah. in that scene. You are
1: completely hypnotized by this man during this scene and he has like several other monologues throughout but this is the one that he deserves a fucking oscar for also the campaign starts now
2: (laughs) also the scenes where he is uh gaslighting uh bob patty if you so choose to believe such a thing um i thought it was pretty explicit that that's what was going on
0: uh but either way Uh, When
1: he accuses him of chasing him with the axe, the yeah, and then he the only time Willem
0: Dafoe was trying to get in the boat, and then Patty
2: was chopping up the boat. Yeah, the only time that he speaks with a an even tenor is during those scenes where he is he he speaks so calmly and decisively. It's as if yeah, I'm the most normal guy that you know, and I'm telling you this like it must be true. (laughs) When in every other scene, he's a fucking nut uh it's it's masterful shit like this all around is masterful but let's defoe deserves I did, a lot of so love.
0: in that i don't remember if it's in that see that drunk sequence or if it's in the sequence before that where we have no it is it's the sequence before that where they're fighting with each other and they're like all screaming at each other and then hard cut to them holding each other yeah. and like they almost make out that scene.
1: well no it's the other it's the other way around they're like they're like having fun they're like getting drunk and dancing and and screaming and then they're dancing slowly and then they're about to Will kiss. the foe serenade me, Jesus Christ. Then they're about to kiss, and then they do
0: a, a boxing match. <laughs> they're like, oh no, <laughs> I'm a strong guy. I love Pattinson's, like, it's a total, like, 19th century yeah. boxing arms that, that nobody has ever <laughs> gone to a fight with. That one got a big uh, laugh in the theater. <laughs> that, was that was one of the bigger ones. A lot of laughs in Yeah,
2: movie. honestly, we weren't in a packed theater, obviously, yeah. but um, they got laughs.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad. Well, I mean, I'm my glad. second audience that I went to see it with, probably because it's been out for a little bit longer, so it's just more people who were into the movie maybe people the first night that we went though it was kind of like weird like people didn't know what to laugh
1: at (laughs) it was it was an odd vibe
0: i was i mean regardless
2: of whether any given moment was funny or not i was beaming the whole movie like i was just smiling the entire time because the i mean you could call like i had a professor once who called smash cuts a cheap tool but it's like no anything's a cheap cool tool if you do it cheaply uh, this movie doesn't do it cheaply. Every smash cut is awesome. Every smash cut is cutting from something interesting to something even more interesting. Yeah, yes. I, like I, they're never uh, vapid. They're never pointless.
0: So I did want to say um, before I forget another thing about that Willem Dafoe monologue that you just read part of. Another way that I read the light uh like how I said that like it looked like it was flaming in his eyes it was almost like you could see the light from the lighthouse like in his eyes cuz they were so bright and they yeah. were so like mesmerizing to look into it it really had that effect yeah. on me the light itself i feel like just i even i noticed it in more scenes this time in the second viewing than on the first viewing but like The light is such a key entity of this whole thing about driving you to madness. It's light always represents hope, but also light is used to wipe away darkness, which these are men that are just filled with darkness. Well,
1: this brings up a whole nother reading aside from the mythology, which is religion. Yeah. And and and, uh, you know, God and Jesus. And you could read this whole movie as being a depiction of hell. Like,
0: this is what hell yep.
1: is like. Yeah, these are two sinners. These They yeah. were,
0: like, literally sent to the most... Like, cast away to the outskirts of the yeah. world.
2: And the other... Another even read is uh i mean what i was thinking when they kept on like i knew for a fact i was like if he sees that light he's fucking dead meat <laughs> and that because
1: scene, because probably. light
2: that's uh, a 10 out of
0: 10 ending light like. is
2: what you see when you die right. you see the light you go towards the light and he's like I, the whole movie all he's doing is clamoring to go toward a light yeah. and i was like he's done for <laughs> yeah and when he does uh unbelievable set design much like every other aspect but when he finally gets up there it does not disappoint even though we obviously don't see what he sees in there we are seeing him seeing it uh from inside it yeah uh but just the the way the lighthouse is rotating and then stops and the door just opens in front of him
0: yeah
1: <gasps> it's it's so good it's man. masterful it so set and design, that it fucking is. good the the shot that just holds on him and it almost starts to like rattle with how intense it gets and the the sound system in the theater is like about to blow a fucking fuse because of how cacophonous it is and he pattinson's it just becomes completely uh unhinged with the power of the lighthouse and and the color or not color but the contrast of the of the of the film is just so blown the out. The way the distortion, super dark shadows, super blown out highlights and you just get the sense that this is is
0: this is it. Yeah, I I mean, I really think of the ending is just absolute genius. It's very I, even, Lynchian. Even everything like right prior to the ending where Patty finally snaps and that dynamic that we've seen of Pattinson almost being like a dog at certain points throughout this movie finally flips. Yes. Is <laughs> just him. incredible. Just like buries him alive. Oh my God. And that's real dirt that's yeah. being thrown in Willem Dafoe's he's fucking mouth eating, while yeah. he's talking.
2: He's eating some fucking dirt. It's just incredible. incredible. Well, that is why I, I think so many movies, particularly older ones like this Bergman movie, like a ton of Hitchcock movies, like a movie like The Shining, Uh, revolve heavily around gaslighting somebody because directors have to gaslight everyone to get them to do the dumbest shit like Kubrick had to do a hundred takes of every take to get the take he wanted because that was just what he felt like doing Uh, like it makes a lot of sense that all these films coming from uh, singular minds yeah because a singular mind is an uncompromising mind and Eggers uh, to his credit sounds profoundly normal in any interview you hear. Uh yeah, he much seems more so, like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. This is but bizarre. Regardless, a singular mind is an uncompromising one. And if, if you're not gonna call it gaslighting, you have to call it manipulating. Uh you have to, it is your job. But, but I, I think these actors know what they're getting into. Well, yeah, like you said, uh they contacted him, right? Or at least uh Defoe did, yeah. um, because he is good enough that he he deserves it. Um but yeah, that that's something I've always thought about old movies. That how funny it, like these filmmakers are wearing their conscience on their sleeve <laughs> regarding gaslighting.
1: We we should talk about uh, Robert Pattinson a little bit more because he is one of the most interesting people working today, and obviously he's going to be our our Bat Daddy. Um, but I think that you can't you can't leave this movie without appreciating this guy's talent because. I, I kept thinking about High Life, came out mm. earlier this year, a similarly kind of like weird, very out there, bizarre movie. And he's fantastic. Completely in it. different performance, though. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing is like he is able to play this very subdued type, very kind of quiet uh, and a little bit sort of frightening in, in how... Uh, just small his acting choices are yeah
2: that's the thing is uh a lot of other actors would get swallowed up by defoe because defoe's character is real big uh the general look and feel and sound of the film is big uh and it it would be very easy for the you know quote-unquote audience surrogate especially the beginning he's the audience surrogate uh to just get lost and he does not get lost like it's not he doesn't steal the show either but he doesn't need to like he does a good job
1: but so much of this movie is seeing it, we just see him like doing tasks around the lighthouse or just kind of walking around or they there's like massive chunks of this movie we're just seeing him doing doing day-to-day things mm-hmm. and there is this mounting sense of dread and anticipation for the horror that's going to unfold And obviously there's plenty of beats of comedy and just wacky weirdness with Defoe. But when we're just with Pattinson, it's... It's not just a guy doing a thing. No, like,
0: it, it's it's electrifying watching him like carry a fucking barrel of kerosene around his head, yeah, like, while he's doing and these dealing things. with seagulls. No, and that's, that's what I was gonna say. We seagulls. haven't even talked Incredible. about two other big things, keys of symbolism in this, which the main one being the seagulls. Bad um, enough to kill a seabird. <laughs> that they they literally have the spirit of former seamen in yeah. there, like it's. Mm-hmm. And then I. The scene God, that, one of the most that comes down. One of the most disgusting scene, like shots that I've seen in a movie this year was looking down in the cistern and just seeing a like a brutalized seabird that's just like laying there, like still half away, alive and Ugh. cawing, and then another bird comes up and just starts attacking him and. Pattinson just fucking snaps, <laughs> just grabs his bird and just starts beating it literally to Oof, death only to like is... look up and just see Willem Dafoe just standing outside of the lighthouse just like looking down on him. That's a hell of a prop. Uh, yeah. that, Seab-
2: that thing was bleeding.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> um, also, that
2: mermaid say Yeah, I was going to
0: say, we even talked about the mermaid, which that adds... I have seen a little bit of people kind of using the whole idea of... Like, it kind of leads into the whole idea that this is a version of hell, that yeah. the guardian of this island is the mermaid. Like, she is pretty much like a a devil angel, whatever those are called. They, they call her a siren. Yeah. Which yeah. is a... Yeah. Yeah. Th-
1: that's what they are. Oh. So we see her at first, at sort of pretty much like at the very beginning of the movie. Uh, in some sort of dream vision. Yeah. Um, oh, well, ama- we see
0: the little statue too in yeah. the the Dick Hole that <laughs> yeah, the Dick Hole that Defoe fucks. Yo, fuck your old Dick Hole, all right?
2: Um the sound design of her shrieks amazing shit. Yeah, yeah. really sounded cool as fuck. You're seeing Oh,
1: so that Yeah, I- cuz when when she's on the beach and she she screams that out and Pattinson's trying to run away, that's like one of the most frightening moments in the whole movie. It,
0: yes. Um I did uh, one. I mean, because again, like, kind of adding, I'm kind of just uh, proving my own theory here. Uh, I, I know that that's not the case at all. But another whole thing about them being possibly the same person, they arrive at the island together. When yeah. they're on the boat, there, it's the both of them are on the boat. But Defoe says that he's been there for like 14 Christmases or something like yeah. that. Like. So they didn't get there at the same time, but they arrived at this place together. What? He hasn't left. There's it, there's multiple
1: ways you can no, Yeah, I, there is he that. He could be and going and coming the back. The whole
0: fucking of the, like, he just already had a cot there and everything else there. It's just, it's all this symbolism. That's yeah, still arrive, stuff that I'm.
1: But he doesn't unpack. He's already there. Yeah,
0: he's already, the stuff is already there yeah. for him. It's. All these kind of things that I'm still kind of going around in my head in circles about. Because you see
1: two other people leave as they walk up. Yeah. It's like as they're walking up, two, two other people are coming. By the way the scene, the shot where they're just looking straight into the camera to introduce us to them.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. There's like no dialogue for the first like four or five minutes
2: of this movie. It's It's incredible. It plays like a silent film. A lot of shots are so silent film, particularly the action shots involving the ax. They didn't play extremely scary and that's because they're all uh, like inside all the ax shots are stationary shots. So they look like a silent movie when you're like, Oh, he's not really fucking swinging that. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't,
1: they play like a, uh, a hearkening to an, a different movie.
2: Mm.
1: So let's jump to that big moment. So there's kind of two moments. There's the, the masturbation scene where uh, Robert Panson is just really Cranking going. Cranking his
2: it. hog. Yeah. Cranking that Nice little hog. shadow
1: there. And it goes into this crazy montage of insanity. And part of what we see is this mermaid pussy. Yeah. And it's a quick flash. It's real big, I've though.
0: never seen a mermaid vagina before. Maybe I missed it the deleted up,
2: seeds on the Little Mermaid where that's on there. It takes but. up
0: the
1: whole tail.
2: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like half of her body is a pussy.
1: Yeah, so he's really trying to imagine what it would be like to, to get it in there. Mm. And <laughs> then the other big thing Is when he finally snaps and is trying to kill Defoe and strangle him. He, Defoe turns into some sort of sea monster type thing. And we, this had kind of been set up earlier when he's looking up at the light and he sees the tentacles. But now it's like full on sea monster mode. And it's things like that, that A, just completely throw me for a loop. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But also it's like... Clearly Eggers is trying to immerse you into this world, into this story, and into the madness that you're seeing.
0: So this is like, I mean, we talked about, we compared uh, Parasite a little bit to Us last week where it juggles all these different ideas. This is even more so like Us, where Us is meant to make you have all these different interpretations on and what does this movie mean and everything else like that. But it can feel a little bit, weighty weighty and convoluted in a movie like that and this is just more well handled juggling this because it isn't trying to juggle different ideas it's presenting different interpretations for you to figure out which yeah version that's you align that's
2: with. why it's better is because at the end of us there's a monologue that, yeah, ex- that yeah. it <laughs> tries to explain the movie and in this movie it just ends with him getting eaten by birds <laughs> um that's a lot better of an ending in my opinion and also uh what you're what we're saying about like particularly defoe's characters seems like there's the most interpretation with him uh I like I don't care which one is quote unquote right because it's like we're saying there isn't a right one, I don't think. This is at at once this is an individual man with his own sins to reckon with. Uh I would say he is at the very least he is a representation of Robert Pattinson or what he will become or mm. essentially you know what yes. I mean? And also could just be him. Yeah. Uh and also a, a some sort of fucking uh mythical beast. Like and also the shot You know, the shot of him shining the light into Pattinson's eyes, that lends credence toward that theory, that uh, Defoe is representative of this uh, unearthly uh, seeking of truth or whatever it is that that represents. That's what Robert
0: Pattinson's trying... I mean, think, the the time whenever he sees... Whenever he does see pa- uh, Willem Dafoe earlier on in the movie, he sees the tentacles. It's whenever he's looking up and he's looking into the light that he sees yeah. that. Yeah. There's a the shot
1: we of Dafoe that, like looking all fucked up. Yeah, and, we get the fucked up, a and earlier on,
0: during the whole monologue sequence, it almost looks like there is a light coming out of his yeah. eyes. And that could just be, like, he's literally driven insane. Yeah just it, it's a movie about isolation and yeah. i think that that's where there, this movie is yeah, incredible there's
2: there's so many goddamn takes you could have it's
0: cabin fever at um, its finest like
2: regardless the the takeaway that is most important is that this is an affecting movie uh regardless of what you think the, the truth is this movie is just viscerally affecting
1: especially in a theater with the big screen and, and, the the, and the sound, the sound is crucial. Oh, like this is man. a
2: movie. If like, I truly, I don't always recommend seeing things in theaters. This is when you got, Yeah, see we it should have said
0: that before the spoiler bumper for people. But yeah, I just think, I mean, one, just to support this as such an original idea, but I feel like this adds so much. Yeah. Seeing it in a theater. I mean, that very ending where we were talking about the sound getting distorted and the lights going up and everything yeah. else, it's deafening yeah. being in there. Like, yeah. it's its the foghorn just stops going out, and the foghorn is just continuous in the background to the point where you almost, like, are driven to insanity yourself watching
2: yeah, it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like you said at the very start, Ernest. It, it, watching it, I was just like, I'm so happy this is around. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a fucking it's, miracle of a movie. Right. To get we even on a you know even on a modest budget to get any budget is a miracle. Yeah. To get the budget to make your own lighthouse is a miracle for a movie this nuts. This movie is fucking nuts, and it's in a way that is high art. Like it's not just nuts for the sake of being
0: insane. Like, they only
1: made it for four million. It already made back its budget.
0: Hell yeah. There is a. I did see one other interpretation. Just to shout it out there to show all the different viewpoints that people in this movie can have. Some people think that Robert Pattinson died like pretty earlier on in the movie because if you think about yeah, he sees the light and then he falls down the stairs, but the final shot is him getting eaten by seagulls and he's outside where the establishing shots that we have beforehand seems like there's a pretty big gap in between the bottom of the stairs and the outside. I think he got just crawled outside, to be honest. Yeah, and and that, just that gone is to the water. it does leave it open enough that there is just yeah. all kinds what of different you, ways that you can read this movie. What do you guys think
1: about the head that he finds in the lobster cage? I mean, what's that supposed to be? Well, it's because the people it's, that were supposed to relieve them. It's
0: presented well. That could be that. It's the way that. Pattinson's character reads it, of course, is that's the person that's the former uh yeah, the, the, the guy former Defoe guy killed. that he killed. Right. But it could be it that could be I mean the face was so fucked up, that could have been the guy that Robert Pattinson killed.
2: It also oh looks like Defoe. It does. <laughs> yeah, it does it's
0: it could be anybody. Well dude. that's the whole thing. That's how I feel <laughs> like with the blonde guy. Like I feel like it's intentional that they cast people who look a lot like them, even if it isn't their face exactly. Yeah, well,
2: and that's another read that you could make up up on the spot here is these people are both of them if they're real people are escaping themselves by taking this job like they they're not each of them are not taking it because they like being there uh Pattinson claims it's because he just wants to do honest work he doesn't he killed a guy and stole his identity uh so to for that man to look similar to him and then this other person to look similar to the foe it's like yeah this is uh like there's a classic doppelganger reading even if there's only one shot of each doppelganger like yeah, that's that's well, wild. that's
1: where the analysis and the discussion comes in. I I feel like that's why I said that people are gonna be talking about this movie for a long time, trying to just figure it it all
0: out. That's, yeah, that's what makes it so amazing. I,
2: I I might end up having it at number one.
0: It, like, I mean, it's like hovering oh, right yeah. around there. It's for fucking me. awesome, like it's, man. I really, really just. I love truly, and just admire the yeah, hell out of I, this movie. I
2: had a, a smile the whole movie because I was like, I can't believe it! Like, I, mean, I can't th- believe this happened.
0: <laughs> it was immediately like just seeing this. This is on the top tier with Parasite and maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's like these are the best yeah. movies that of 2019 to, so far. To
1: me, it, it wasn't. It wasn't super. It wasn't as entertaining as something no, no, like no. Parasite. But it's not trying to be. No. Well, is very this... different
0: it's hard to, you can't really
1: compare yeah. the two movies side by I'm, side i'm curious would you guys call this a horror movie <laughs>
0: um yes i know it's trying to be advertised as a psychological thriller which that word sometimes thriller is just thrown around because it's a higher brow than yeah. horror but i think that horror can be done uh excellently and i think this is a this is a version of that i think that this is a psychological horror movie i feel like it's its own thing <laughs> it's like genre it's i mean it's an well, art, I mean it's, it's an
1: art s- house uh, horror. Is movie. too parasite, yeah. what
0: yeah.
2: was the genre of fucking parasite this one is i would say i would call it a horror movie it has a lot of classic you know plenty of classic horror tenets it's, it's drawing from other horror movies it has jump scares which a big problem i have with a lot of uh, film analysis and it, it implies that you're not supposed to have a single jump scare in your movie and it's like no scares make you jump some scares do it in a good way you want some Uh, Any of these jump cuts that cut to, uh, like, to the blonde guy, for example, where there's a noise cut, that is a jump scare, which is a classic horror facet. It's just, like, the best one ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only one, because usually, I mean, of course, how we see it in modern horror movies is a jump scare to, like, a spooky face. But the spookiest, like, most disturbing, brutally face that you'll see is the face they sees that he pulls out of the lobster. In that case, there isn't a jump cut in that moment. It's, like, it's like the eighth image in a barrage of images and, uh, like almost montage like the way that it's edited in that sequence that it doesn't play for a jump scare no it's it's it's
2: just amazing like it's just the movie is playing with just much like it's playing with white and black it's playing with absence of things happening and then everything happening at once there are jump scares that just involve a sound that is not a scary sound like there are jump scares there are times that the whole theater jump just because We hear the foghorn louder than we've heard it at any other point in the movie. Nothing even happens, but that he's
0: just trying to keep your heart going, which is uh, horror. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's a psychological or a uh, supernatural element to the whole movie itself. Even if there aren't like there isn't like a ghost in the lighthouse, it still has supernatural elements to it, which I think makes it more horror too. The witch is full on horror. Yes. Yeah. Unabashedly. Um,
1: So Eggers is. Slated to, to be probably the One of the best Filmmakers of his generation He has a bunch of projects Lined up it looks like the next Thing he's working on is some sort of Viking movie mm-hmm. uh, But he's also supposed to be doing Some sort of Nosferatu update uh, Although he keeps Talking about how he doesn't want to do any sort Of big budget IP Yeah no, let's um, give him a Marvel movie Well Come on. I <laughs>
0: So, I mean, I did want to say that to say, like, in a way, after seeing the lighthouse, I was there's was part of me that's kind of bummed that Pattinson's going to be making Batman making right, a Batman yeah. movie. I'm like, fuck, just make another movie like Good Time or like The Lighthouse. Like, this is the best use do of you, your talents. Do you
1: think they signed Pattinson on for a whole franchise deal?
0: Uh, maybe It, it depends maybe, on what they're going to try and do, what they're going to try and trap Matt Reeves into. And I'm all that sure kind of stuff. they did. They would love to, I'm sure. Maybe just a trilogy. Um, yeah, I, I, something I'm, like that. I'm very interested on what his Vikings movie is going to be. Apparently, that's going to be a higher budget movie, of, of course. Uh, I... I think I read Nicole online where Kidman they were talking is about, about her.
1: To be in it, some other Viking esque folks. Uh, I'm not seeing this. I mean, whatever this man does,
2: I'm on board. This was the only way to do a movie so abstract like this and keep. Uh, not, I'm not going to say it kept everyone on board, but to keep the right people on board is to have a steady fucking hand. Yeah, and this movie was done with the steadiest. Of, like I felt like I was being cradled by Mr. Eggman the and entire movie. And you know movie. that
1: from the very beginning yes the, right, the first I like shot the first shot is just fog and a little boat oh. in the horizon you're like oh yeah There's every also, every shot man there also gorgeous. is uh,
0: the day that they arrive you can see like a faint light in the fog that they're looking out at Oof. he that's, made that's like maybe is that is that listen, their relief is i don't it just the, i don't
2: want to say it, but this man b- made a movie that i would call substantially better looking than the tarantino movie that came out this year I would say that. Yeah. I it, mean,
1: it's definitely more unique
0: for yeah, sure. Yeah. It, I it's, mean, it has, it's more much, it's more just stylized. It's so more it visionary. It's, two, it's but.
2: more textured. The shots, shot to shot, you are like this composition. It's like, more
0: horny. <laughs> I don't know. That's not m- enough feet. Let me see William Defoe's nasty ass feet. <laughs> That's what, that's what this movie was missing. What did you guys I'm think so, of the I,
1: jizz coming
0: down? Oh, um, man, what a shot. Well, it's great Oof.
2: because you th- you think it's just straight cum, but then it could just be ectoplasm from this fucking sea monster. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like, that reveal is right after you think it's You do hear like him
0: moaning, but then, yeah, it's also the, the sea oh, man. tentacles. What a fucking movie. It is wild. I'm... I'm so happy as a person who grew up just watching horror movies, a lot of them shitty that haven't aged great, that two of the greatest young filmmakers that we have are being born out of horror movies between Eggers and Ari Aster. Yeah. It fills and, me with so much joy. And
1: along with Peel, just kind, Peel, of, yeah. kind
0: of like working in
1: that medium and, and, and advancing it in really unexpected uh, visionary ways. Because... Between this Midsummer, and and uh, us, we have three horror movies that kind of defy everything that you yeah. know about what a horror movie Even, is. Even
0: like despite their faults and all of them do have faults in themselves. But like yeah. the fact that they are able to elevate a genre film yeah. more than pretty like ninety nine point nine percent of it, genre movies. In my
1: opinion, the the faults in us and midsomar Actually, bring those movies down. The faults in this movie don't, because it's just going so fucking hard for yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's not compromising for it. That it's like it's like if you if you play a a baseball game and you are batting <laughs> Man. ball. Yeah, well it's time for Ernest Sports
0: analogy corner. Let's, let's get it, <laughs> and you.
1: And you hit the ball so hard that it <laughs> breaks the bat, but the ball goes out of out of the stadium. You broke the bat, like a
0: home run, or what are you saying? But you
1: still got a home run, even though you broke the bat. And you might get kicked out of the game. <laughs> oh, you, you will get out of the
0: game. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting you say that.
1: Yeah, you
2: might get arrested. You know, you're not. You allowed will to break go. The bat. Ju-
0: you will have to pay for that bat. <laughs>
2: You might get an axe to your fucking shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it's no. I think that you're what I, the heart of what you're saying is in a great place because <laughs> you're right. This movie is going so balls out. The flaws of it are not. I'll tell you one thing that I kind of did think about us. Uh, the the faults are not because of studio no- notes because right. yeah. there I couldn't see one note in any part of this movie right. because there wasn't there's no studio that's gonna be like uh, could you show a mermaid pussy I don't know
0: H twenty four is like. It's not enough. Like, make that pussy larger. Yeah, some, I want it to just be huge. Some
2: suit is like, yeah, we saw the cut. It's really great, but uh, there needs to be like two more farts. Well, I need I need
1: <laughs> full frontal Pattinson.
0: Yeah, I, that's the I man. I want to see that dick, right? Yeah. I feel like that might have been an A original cut of the movie, yeah. and then Pattinson was like, no. Okay, here's like, okay. Well, fine, we'll the show DeVoe the shadow.
2: Dick. You remember what I told you about Defoe the giant, Dick? Yeah. How it's too big yeah. for, for movies. <laughs> have you Have it, you heard this on it? It has yeah, suction
1: yeah. cups on it and it <laughs> slithers around. Maybe that was his yeah. real dick. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> but either way, um, one thing, if I am to nitpick, it's when Patty t- Man took his shirt off man that is not a an 1800s body that is a a gym body right you know what i mean even yeah. if it's skinny not, it's like this man a is that man well it's just even even it's just this man is working his muscle groups he's not just like he would have like a hunched back from all this fucking yeah, shitty
0: labor muscly dudes back in the day like prior to gyms like kind of looked gross they were yeah, they just all awful. like super burly because yeah. they just worked actual like core muscles. Defoe,
1: like, on the other hand, looks like from the 1800s. I mean, also, Grey shout bomb. out to that beard.
0: We gotta give credit. That was a beard. I did hear like an anecdote. It might have been on some podcast. I can't remember what it is. Where the first time Defoe met with Robert Eggers, um, he had this big old beard, and Eggers was like, "Oh my god, you have to keep that beard." And, yeah. and he was doing like some play on Broadway. He's like, "Well, I have to shave it for the play, but give me three months, and I will grow the beard Ooh. of a sea god." Yeah, he's like, he's <laughs> like, "Give like, me, oh. give me two
2: days." He shows up. He's like, it's like, like,
0: oh man, this is like Willem Dafoe is like, fucking god. They need to keep him on for the Viking movie. I, they really should have him on there. I'm curious. I'm. Because even with The Witch, The Witch is less balls to the walls than this movie, but it's still very um, uncompromising in a lot mm-hmm. of the tonality of it. Um, oh. He specifically never wanted to have a witch in The Witch, <laughs> and they were like, really? you've got to have I didn't a know witch. That. They're like,
2: listen, dude, this is your day, dude. <laughs>
0: They're <laughs> like, you yeah. can't calm it down. But it's hard to think of him just like going to go make like fucking... The next Doctor Strange movie, or Ew, something after this, geez. like I can't Padding, imagine Paddington Three, <laughs> yeah, hot sure.
1: hot Nosferatu who fucks. Let <laughs> me see that bear pussy.
0: Um,
2: another thing that we didn't mention, we can really quick, is the the small amount of turbulence that it did come out between the actors and Eggers in this movie, where. Uh, the, the acting styles of these two actors is very different because pattinson is method in which you actually common common misconception you don't rehearse that much with your scene partners in meth like the school of method and obviously uh defoe wanted to do that he's a more traditional rehearse uh, a lot yeah and then he's they, a theater guy and then they did rehearse a lot there yep. was a lot of prep work done um but yeah apparently there was some tension there and it ended up uh, arguably benefiting the movie because this is a movie in which Pattinson is not happy at any point and definitely not a big fan of Mr. Defoe. Mm-hmm. So nothing was lost Do you there. think that
0: there's a cut where the two of them do make out? I hope so. I, uh, My dreams.
2: I think I think yes, but uh, even Eggers didn't know was gonna <laughs> yeah, it was going to happen. Like It just happened in they the moment. They just
0: jerking each other off there. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> All right. Edgar's just like, keep rolling. Keep rolling. This is good. This is the director's cut.
1: (laughs) Well, we can wrap it up on that note. Thanks for listening uh, on this amazing, wet, farty episode of We Bought a Mic. Yeah.
2: You ever have a fart where you think you need to change your underwear, but then you don't? (laughs) That was this movie. (laughs) And I give it a 10 out of 10.
0: Well, yeah, because you think that you're like, fuck, I shit my pants. And you're like... And then you're like, no,
2: actually, that was the best fart I've ever had. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Incredible.
1: Like, not Mm -hmm. farts. super stinky yeah but not like too stinky so that you're gagging
2: yeah but it does smell a little bit for 10 minutes <laughs> I've had a lot <laughs> of those it's a lingering yeah, way yeah you'll like or you'll be in bed and then you'll lift up your sheets like an hour later
0: and you're like oh that I farted an hour ago this is nuts we should say you're gonna have to do a lot of to fart to edit out all the farts that we've been doing along with yeah, this podcast yeah this is a scratch and sniff pod cool so, perfect
1: mm-hmm. uh, thanks for listening stick around for our review of Paddington 2 next week the bear coming i'm very excited hopefully for that. uh very similar film unless we decide to do uh arctic dogs but you you might have to wait a little bit on that one we might have to have that be a patreon exclusive
0: jojo um, will come to orlando at some point we missed our one chance to see it like three weeks ago oh, and JoJo now we just Rabbit. have to wait forever for you it to know, actually get a wide release call me this crazy fucking, i'm not i'm not
2: super super stoked
0: for that it's, if, it's, if it's i'm been honest mixed. Yeah, yeah i don't know stoked for my boy taika I'm 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 holding tepid expectations. I'm, for I mean, it, of course, I'm hoping it's great. I'm going to see it. I did sidebar. I just want to say how happy I am because there's been a lot of lows this this year. Definitely more lows this year than last year. But the fact that I'm back to back nights, I got to go see Parasite and then The Lighthouse. Yeah. And you know, next week we're doing two Paddington movies too. that are yep. arguably better than any movie that came out last year. Also arguably. this year, we
1: have also <laughs> like, we have a new Scorsese movie coming out. So. Might do a little bit of a Scorsese uh, rewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good fellas. i like watching 180 of his Talking, movies. Uh, we're going to talk silence. We're going to talk <laughs> gangs of New York. The Aviator. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, email us at weboughtamike@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at We Bought a Mike. Thanks for listening. We love you. Until next time. Bye-bye. You like me, lobster? No sleep that's a mattress. Stick with seats, that's a mattress. You ain't stingy, split your tablets. You don't flinch when camera flashing, flashing. Not fake laid back, no, it's natural.
0: And I think you made for the life I lead. I'm not fake patient, I don't fake sick. That kind of coughing don't even leave.